guys and welcome to the second ever episode of Hello Mr. Burns where I talk about old school Simpsons episodes and how watching these episodes might make you smarter. I am smart. My name is Perry and I love the Simpsons so much that my son's name will also be Bort. Come along Bort. In this episode I'm going to be taking you through the hot mess that was early Simpsons. We'll start with a super duper quick episode synopsis, list out new and notable characters and then we're going to get elbows deep into some good did you knows. In this wonderful episode, we've got Lisa articulating how daddy issues manifest in young girls, a German man who gives leather whips to parents, and everyone's second favourite Simpsons dog. Santa's little helper, the most beloved pooch of course, is Poochie. Poochie! This is Season 1, Episode 1 of The Simpsons, Simpsons Roasting on an Open Fire. So before we really begin examining this episode with Gusto, I have to tell you that this was not supposed to be the first cab off the rank in The Simpsons. The first episode set to be released was actually another episode called Some Enchanted Evening. And a good story narrative will always introduce you to the character so you know what's going on. This episode definitely doesn't do it. I did talk about this a bit in the Origin episode, but for those who skipped over it or for those who have the short-term memory of a goldfish, the animation on the first few episodes was so truly terrible, so horrid, so bad acid trip in Peru triggering that the producers were like, we cannot let this air. So in a rush job, they went through what they had and they did find that Simpsons roasting on an open fire was the least traumatizing of the bunch. They do say you can't polish a turd and I hate to say it, but this episode is no exception because whew, the drawings are off. As a side, did you know, several of the scenes were laid out by Eric Stefani, who is brother of Gwen Stefani. So anyway, because this wasn't supposed to be the first episode, they don't bother introducing the characters or anything. And it's a little tricky to see this in retrospect because we are super familiar with who everyone is, but this episode has zero context and it basically just goes in dry without telling us who or what we're watching. So it always blew my mind. Um, about five, six years ago, I met this girl and she said that she'd never heard of The Simpsons. And it kind of it kind of blew my mind a little bit. I was showing her photos on my phone and she was like, oh, I recognize the characters, I think, because I saw them on a T-shirt once. This girl was about 25 and had made it 25 years on this planet without knowing who the Simpsons were. What kind of dystopian future are we living in? The first appearances featured in this episode are the Simpsons themselves and a few other key characters. Without further ado, this is a super duper quick synopsis of the episode. It's less fun that way. We kick off this festive episode with Homer, Marge and Maggie arriving at the Springfield Elementary School annual Christmas pageant. Lisa's class does this really cool roundup of the different ways Christmas is celebrated around the world. The family head to the mall to buy Christmas presents and Bart sneaks off to get a tattoo that's supposed to say mother, but he gets dragged away when they've only written the word moth. Killer tattoo, I tell you, I might get that one day. The family end up having to use their Christmas money to get it removed. Homer finds out that he won't be getting his Christmas bonus and he decides to keep it a secret from the rest of the family. Doing what any good father does around Christmas, he's drinking at the bar with Barney and Barney suggests that he gets a job as a mall Santa. Homer does work as a mall Santa, but Bart discovers him. Homer confesses to Bart and they wallow in the fact that they have no money and no gifts for the year. In an absolute fit of geniusness, they head to the Greyhound track where Homer promptly loses all of the $13 he made as a mole Santa by betting on a dog named Santa's Little Helper. Where is the money? Where is After the losing money? the race, Santa's Little Helper's owner abandons him. Oh, can we keep him, Dad, please? But he's a loser. He's pathetic. He's a Simpson. 
Homer adopts a beloved pooch and thusly saves Christmas. Yay! So guys, it's time to get surface level educated by examining some references in this episode. So straight off the bat, the title of this episode is referencing The Christmas Song, which is also known as Chestnuts Roasting on an Open Fire. The most well-known recording of this song was done by Nat King Cole, and he did release a number of recordings, but it was declared in a 2004 study that his 1961 version was the most loved seasonal song with women aged 30 to 49. Guys, I just turned 30, and let me just say this song is hitting differently. Mm, mm, mm. Let's have a look at Lisa's school performance where they do the Santas of many lands. So this is actually based off Matt Groening's experience in the second grade when he did a report on Christmas in Russia. So most of us probably think of Santa as this jolly man in a red suit with a sack full of toys who's kind of like a peeping Tom most of the year. He brings presents to good children and brings coal if you've been naughty. I have to say though, if you were like in Victorian England back in the day when it was freezing cold, you'd just be bad all the time because then you'd be getting cold to keep warm, which is probably why there was so much crime back there. Don't know, might be something I need to look into. So in this episode, we see Ralph Wiggum for the first time and he is dressed as Hitoshi, which I've definitely pronounced wrong. So this is the Japanese equivalent of Santa. This jolly figure is a Buddhist monk who carries a sack full of toys and he literally has eyes in the back of his head to watch for naughty children, which is a little bit ominous, a little bit terrifying. Lisa is dressed as the Santa Claus of the South Sea, and they call this character Tawonga. Now, I haven't been able to find anything about this particular figure, and if you do know who this is, please send me a message. It's also worth noting in this bit that while it looks like Lisa is wearing nothing from the waist down, the DVD commentary released over a decade later for this episode revealed that Lisa is actually wearing a yellow leotard. Yay, no nudity. So we then hear about Germany and St. Nicholas's friend, Necht Rupert, also known as Farmhand Rupert. By the way, RIP your ears. According to Google, it's pronounced like this. Knecht Ruprecht. So Rupert is described as St. Nicholas's close companion, or as I like to call them, confirmed bachelors. Kind of like Achilles and Patroclus. Farmhand Rupert travels around with St. Nick, and when they find naughty children, Rupert either gives their parents whips, ooh, or he literally just walks over and hits the child with a big bag of coal. I just have to say that during the course of research for this episode, I'm beginning to think that Christmas is a little bit kinky. So get this. Traditionally in France, they have Père Noël, which Wikipedia helpfully translates as Daddy Christmas. So children will leave their shoes near the fire and Daddy Christmas will stuff them with gifts. The shoes, not the children. Père Noël also traditionally travels with a not-so-friendly companion called Père Fautard, or the whipping daddy who spanks naughty children. I know, I know guys, I feel really uncomfortable saying these words out loud. I'm so sorry about this, but probably my favorite tradition from around the world, it comes from the Catalonian region of Spain and features a literal wood log named Tio de Nadal who sits under the tree and poops out presents. So children kind of feed him and they give him dried nuts and fruits in the days leading up to Christmas and they keep him warm under a little blanket and then on Christmas Eve, the children beat poor Tio with sticks and sing a pretty graphic and gnarly song about bodily functions. Amazing, right? So the next part of the episode up for dissection is this incredible monologue given by Lisa towards the end. Patty and Selma are bad-mouthing Homer, and Lisa pipes up with this. Just listen to this. I'm just trashing your father. Well, I wish you wouldn't, because... Aside from the fact that he has the same frailties as all human beings, he's the only father I have. 
Therefore, he is my model of manhood, and my estimation of him will govern the prospects of my adult relationships. So I hope you bear in mind that any knock at him is a knock at me, and I am far too young to defend myself against such onslaughts. Mm-hmm. Go watch your cartoon show, dear. A few sources I've read describe this monologue as Lisa articulating her daddy issues. I'm doing air quotes. I think that assessment of this monologue is a little bit of a stretch. With any piece of media, with any piece of art, literature, if you squint your eyes enough and tip your head to the side, you can see any sort of theory behind it, you know? Um, and I think that's what's happened with this monologue. I don't think it's Lisa's way of saying that she's manifesting daddy issues at a young age. I think it's her literally just defending her father, which is lovely. So at the risk of getting too deep into Lisa's character development, I do really want to get more in depth with pop culture depictions of family dynamics in later episodes. Um, so the relationship between Homer and Lisa is arguably the richest and most affecting relationship in the show. And I really want to do it justice. Before I wrap this episode up, just wanted to make a note that the Greyhound Rescue agencies have praised this episode of The Simpsons for bringing dog racing and abandonment to the forefront of everyone's minds. One of my friends has actually adopted an ex-racing greyhound named Dennis, whose racing name was Hayride Jack. And this dog is just the sweetest little pup I've ever met. He has a little turtleneck and everything. I love him. And that is where we will finish our exploration of this episode of The Simpsons. <laughs> Wasn't that fun, kids? So next week, we're going to be doing a deep dive of the second ever episode aired. It's called Bart the Genius. And let me tell you, you are going to be on the edge of your seat waiting to hear about the real stars of the episode. Hamster one, hamster two. We're going to be talking about what happens to these characters and also the real truth behind the urban legend that people put hamsters up their butts. Lemmy Wings journeyed a distance far and fast. To find his way out of a gay man's ass. Thanks for listening so much, guys. And as always, keep watching the ski.